over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com. Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Yes, it is. Thank you for staying tuned to Hour 2 of Rosie on the House. Every Arizona homeowner's happy place. We are here every Saturday morning to inform, protect, and entertain you, the Arizona homeowner. No matter where you are in the state or what you want to get done, chances are I've been there and I've already tried it a time or two. So put my experience to work for you. You can reach us this morning by dialing one 767 4348 I've been traveling the back roads of Arizona and remodeling homes and small commercial buildings in Arizona since 1966. That was, a, that was in the other century. <laughs> back when Arizona was a night, back, back when Phoenix was a nice little town. So allow me the privilege of putting my experience to work for you. One of the ways we reach out to you Arizona homeowners and try and become your best friend is by a newsletter we send out every Thursday by email. And there's about 20,000 of you that get it by subscription. We don't spam anybody. If you want it, you get it. If you don't want it, we don't send it. But you can go to our website, rosyonthouse.com, and subscribe to it. It gives you a tip-off of what we're going to be covering every Saturday during our broadcast, so you can mark your calendar. And if it's a topic of particular interest to you, you can uh, make sure and earmark it and tune in. We're talking today in this particular hour about the concept of green building, in particular as it relates to recycling, reusing, and repurposing building materials that come out of building remodels. And to help me with this conversation, Jennifer has arranged, thank you Jennifer for setting this up, uh, for Gino Ochoa, from Team Habitat Central Arizona to join us. And Gino is like Team Demo Habitat. Gino, what, uh, I mean, how do you get a job where you're captain of Demo? That, that's a job I think I could be pretty good at. Well, actually, uh, Rosie, I, um, I kind of got lucky on that one. <laughs> um, when we, when we uh, closed down our Mesa Restore uh, to relocate it to the Tempe store, uh, I was moved over to deconstruction department, and surprisingly, uh, I loved it so much, uh, they ended up keeping me there, and uh, I'm still there now. Talk a little bit about, uh, I think I think it might be one of the most underutilized, unrecognized dimensions of Habitat for Humanity's ministry to the community. Talk about what you guys do on your team, you guys and gals. Okay, so... Um, Basically, what the uh, decon department does is uh, we um, receive calls from the local public, people who wanting to um, remodel their kitchens, their bathrooms, uh, any kind of a remodel inside their home. And what we do is we go in there, remove the items that they want us to take out, and we donate the excess items, which means reusable materials are kept out of the landfills. Now, every restore purchase helps families build homes in the central Arizona community. 
uh, every donation is tax deductible. Um, with that, daily volunteers organize inventory, assist customers, create displays, or helps keep the restores clean. So, um, so for a for a homeowner who wants to remodel a kitchen, they can either pay me and my guys to demo the kitchen, and if if we have the time, we may run it down to the restore. We may not, but the homeowner is going to pay us to remove everything, yeah. or they can call you and get a tax deduction for the donation and not pay anything. That is correct. The Habitat will remove your gently used items free of charge, and then that those items will go from your house to our, one of our four restores that we have here in the Valley, and uh, those items will be sold to the public, which generates funds for us to continue to, to try to eliminate substandard housing in the Phoenix area. That's, that's a wonderful thing to be part of, Gino. Can you tell me, so do you, when you go into a home that you've been called to, do you just take the things that you can use? Or do you, or do you demo, uh, yeah, demo whatever? For the, most part, for the most part, yes. But we go in there, we will take out, you know, your kitchen cabinets, uh, laminate Corian countertops. We'll take out bathroom cabinets, lighting, ceiling fans, doors, um, bath accessories, uh, just uh, numerous items that you are wanting to uh, update. And then those items will be taken to our restores. But yes, we do have uh, just a wonderful deconstruction program. And I would advise any homeowner out there, contractor, or any um, corporate companies, individuals, retailers, to go ahead and give us a call. And uh, we will come in there and uh, schedule you uh, for a deconstruction free service. This, this is. This is green remodeling, step one. And, and Gino, just being in the store, I've been to several other restores. I think there's 10 statewide, but they are very, someone spends a lot of time. They are clean. They are organized. There are signs up above as if you were in Home Depot, like windows, plumbing. Everything's organized on the shelf. Everything's priced, of course, reasonably priced. And there are also, so there was... Um, a mix of new and used. So I think probably some of the stores donate if they have one-offs or things left. So you will find things still wrapped, um, even appliances. Yeah, and brand then, new, never yeah, used. N- new with um, warranty, yeah. know, manufacturer's warranty in place. But yeah. um, I just I was struck, Gino, by how friendly the staff was and how clean and how helpful. Well, I'm glad that you got the chance to get in there and see our restores, and I would advise all the public to do the same. There's a lot of people out there that don't know that the restores even exist. So I would, uh, please tell your family, tell your friends, uh, word of mouth gets around quite a bit. And I'm hoping that this segment here on Rosie on the house is going to help us reach a little bit more of those public out there. And Gino Habitat also has opportunities for people to volunteer as well. Absolutely. Um, so, um, we will accept anyone that will willing to come and volunteer, uh, either on our construction sites, our our habitat restores. Uh, we have some uh, positions available in the office, and we also have uh, availability for volunteers 
on our deconstruction uh, program where we can go out and they can help us dismantle in reverse uh, of these items that we are talking about here on this program. I want to. Uh, they, can get, they can get a hold of uh, us on our website at habitatcaz.org. Pretty simple. Uh, Habitat CAZ stands for Central Arizona.org. So people can get a hold of us to volunteer, they can donate, or they can shop right there on that site. I want to tell a true story of something Gino and I are involved in just right now. As a remodeling contractor, I have a client who actually lives in Cape Cod, but he bought the oldest home in Paradise Valley, an adobe built in 1928 that had been remodeled in 2015 with custom-built, well-made cabinets, some of the most expensive countertop material money can buy. And the new owner needs to reconfigure the kitchen. Gino's going to go in and, uh, and take out some very, very nice cabinets. And Gino, I know a lot of people listening are going to want to know, well, Rosie, where are those, which store is that cabinet going to and when's it going to be there? <laughs> but, I mean, you guys get your hands on some really nice stuff. Yeah, we continue to uh, uh, deconstruct in all parts of the valley. doesn't matter where you live. Uh, as long as you're in uh, Maricopa County, we should be able to come in there and take apart whatever you need and take it to one of our restores. Uh, normally, uh, being in Paradise Valley, that would either go to the Phoenix Restore or the West Phoenix Restore, okay. uh, being that it's closer to those two stores. Depending on what part of town you live in is what restore most of the time those items will go to okay. so they can shop there at those stores. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I rem- last time I visited with Mr. Barlow, they, they had just started posting um, on the website, on the ReStore, you know, what things are available. So the things I've seen so far are a little bit smaller, but you can go on the website and just look and see, and they have the price right there, and you can order it. So not those big cabinets, of course, but a lot of things you can find on the website. But part of it's just part of the hunt. You know, you just... Yeah, it is. You just don't know what you're going to find. You go in and you look, and you're not going to go in and say, I want one of these. You're going to go in and say, oh, I could really use this, usually. Well, and, I'm sorry. And I was just going to say, Romy found, it just happened to be when you did your built your home. Oh, a lot of stuff. A sliding patio door from Pella that matched the Pella window pa- package I had bought. That was still in the factory wrapper. It was a brand new door. And then a number of lighting fixtures that were misordered or somebody had ordered them and didn't like them. So there's there's a lot of great stuff. Yeah. So, Gino, for the remodeling contractors that are eavesdropping on us, how would they contact you about future remodeling demo they'd like to talk to you about? How would they reach out to you? Yeah, so the best way to reach out to, to us is go to habitatcaz.org. Uh, right there, uh, there will be uh, some choices for shopping, for volunteering, and for donating. And there's a drop-down box that says deconstruction. Uh, you can go ahead and click that box that says deconstruction and then fill out an online form, which will d- directly come to uh, Habitat's deconstruction department. And then we can go from there. Gino, I can't thank you enough. I know you're busy 
seven days a week. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of this morning to join us and share this dimension of Habitat for Humanity with the rest of the Arizona homeowners. Thanks a million, man. Thank you, Rosie. Uh, Romy and Jennifer, it's a pleasant pleasure being here on the radio with you this morning. Have a blessed Saturday. You too. Thank you so much. Romy, that might be a side job for you. Romy broke into the construction trades as a very young man riding shotgun with me every payroll, guarding the payroll. As I drove around the jobs and delivered paychecks, we'd always have an ice chest in the back of the pickup, and we'd hand out cold drinks, and Romy would hand out the paychecks. When you see a Habitat truck pulling out of Paradise Valley from an address that's being demoed, they may need hired guards in the driver's seat of those trucks. <laughs> Remember those days when we had a gas shortage and people were following the trucks? Uh, yeah, this is yes. back when Janet Napolitano was yeah. down there. Same thing there. What, 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 what gas station is getting filled up next? Uh, exactly. You know, Habitat, we're asked over all the years that we've been on air to support a lot of organizations. And at one time, back about in the late 90s, we counted up and we were supporting... I don't know, maybe about 11 or 12 different charities. And at that point, we decided to unify our mission and say, you know what? Um, Why don't we get behind just one or two and really put our shoulder into the job? And Habitat was the one. We just felt like because we were housing, Habitat was housing both locally, nationally, and globally. It just fit. Here are a couple statistics from Habitat's December newsletter. The United States is 3.8 million homes short of meeting the current need. We're 3.8 million short of the current need, and that's twice what it was just just 10 years ago in 2012. And they expect it to get even worse by 2030. So Habitat is doing a lot locally to bring affordable housing to people, but they're also doing it globally. On the Ivory Coast, they're making their own mud adobe bricks and building homes for homes that are being replaced from plywood and stapled together scrap wood. They're getting real masonry, indigenous built block homes. That's cool. That is cool. I had to look up Ivory Coast. (laughs) Some place in Africa. Yes. Cool. Well, and then in Nepal and the Philippines, they're using walls lathed with bamboo, stuccoed over with concrete for homes. They're using indigenous materials. They're building homes that are affordable with local stuff. And these homes are proving significantly more sustainable than some of the weather events they have to deal with in those parts of the country. There are 96,000 new affordable homes needed to be built every day if we're going to catch up with the need. 96,000 a day. So if at the end of this year 
you are looking for a way, if you're looking for a charitable contribution, if you're looking for a tax deduction, if a charity gift is on your budget, I, I would ask you to really seriously consider Habitat for Humanity. Since they've been founded, they have made a global impact on the homeless and the uh, unfortunate all over the world. It's not a handout. Habitat is a hand up. So with all that said, I was out at a home yesterday. A young man uh, bought his first home. It was an apartment he'd rented for six years and got converted to a condo. The building was built in the 60s. It's slump block. Okay. The floor between the first and second floor is poured concrete, pre-stressed poured concrete. The roof is pre-stressed concrete, built in the 60s. It was the equivalent of a bomb shelter. And I got so excited walking the property, I said, look, buddy, I mean, if any of these ever come up for sale, I would take, I would take every one that came up for sale. You, your HOA is going to be almost nothing. You, know, you have nothing to paint, nothing to maintain. It's, it, looks, it looks today just like it looked in 1967 when it was built, and it looks exactly like it's going to look in 2080. And they're quiet. Um, so he said, well, look, Rosie, I, you know, there's, there's one thing, uh, yeah, I'd kind of like to do. He wants to redo the kitchen. It's still a 1967 kitchen and he wants to redo the two bathrooms. He said, is there any way we could get this job done before Super Bowl? Cause if I could rent this out for two or three weeks around Super Bowl, I think I could pay for half this remodel. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know pretty about smart, half the remodel, but pretty smart that's definitely kid. a way to get uh, get it paid for. Not but a, I said kid. He's not he, a kid. He's a young man. He needs to get down to that Habitat Restore for his appliance package. And that's I don't what think, I, that's what I, I told don't think him. he can get that. I, I said, we can do it. But you get, let's go shopping and just pick things off the shelves, man. We're not ordering nothing. <laughs> Right after the show, heading out to Sanderson Ford. That truck I've been waiting for just arrived. They got her shined up, polished, and fueled up, sitting right in front of the showroom. Can't wait. Right after the show, heading over to Sanderson Ford and picking that baby up and finishing the order on the next truck that we need. So I'm going to spend an afternoon at Sanderson Ford if you're contemplating a purchase of a new or used vehicle, you ought to spend some time at Sanderson Ford right here in Glendale, 51st Avenue in Maryland. It is one of the most award-winning Ford dealerships in all of America. Number one Ford dealership in Arizona, locally owned by a family who give back to the community extremely generously. They're the right team to support in your automobile shopping. Come join me. 
You bump into me this afternoon, I'll buy you a sandwich at the Starlight Diner right there on property. They're not open on Saturdays. They're not open on Saturday. There's got to be a sandwich place across the street. <laughs> all right, Clem. You show up, we'll find a place to buy JJ's you a sandwich. JJ's Louisiana Barbecue. Okay, all right. We'll go to JJ's. Very good. Or can't, Haas Murphy's. Can't, can't wait to go pick that new, new vehicle up uh, right after this show. Sanderson Ford. Starlighter's not open on Saturday, and the dealership's not open on Sunday. Other than that, they're waiting for you, and the experience will be great. All right, let's get back to Rosie on the house remodeling. We're talking about uh, recycling and green building and lowering the impact of the construction industry on on uh, Mother Earth. Uh, we were visiting with Habitat for Humanity and introduced you all to their demo team that will come out and demo your product, your project, for free. It won't cost you a dime. They send trained superintendents to your house with volunteers that uh, surgically remove things that they can transport to their store that get sold. The revenue generated by that helps build local affordable housing in Maricopa County. So rather than you paying my people to remove it all, you're getting a tax deduction for donating it. And in effect, you're getting exactly the same thing done. You're starting step one of the remodel. And you're keeping demo. a lot of material out oh. of the landfill. How much are you keeping out of the landfill? That's for sure. Let's see if we can take um, Phil. He's called in on our number. You can join the conversation as well. one 767 Good morning, Phil. Good morning, sir. How can we help you today? I was wondering about if I buy my hot water heater from a big box store and have it in the, in the box at my house, will I save any money rather than having uh, the installer provide it? Um, probably not enough to make it worth your while. <laughs> and and, and the, the reason being, is a lot there are plumbers that will come do that and install it for you but uh if you have a trusted plumber chances are they have a brand that they definitely prefer um i i I will tell you uh a.o smith is one a lot of professional plumbers really like brady white's another brand professional plumbers really like um and they're going to have a buying power. They're not buying one water heater every seven or eight years. They're buying seven or eight water heaters a week for years on end. And so they're buying that water heater at a price point you can't even approach. They're getting it stalled. It needs a building permit to have it replaced. And there are new requirements for water heater replacement. Now you need expansion tanks. The overflow, uh, pressure overflow has to be plumbed to the outside. There, there are certain things that have to be done. So before I went out and bought a water heater on sale from some big box store, I'd call a trustworthy plumber and say, could you come assess or send them pictures of where your current water heater lives in your house send them pictures give them your address and say what would replacing this water heater cost me and and take uh take a shot at that 
look at it in both dimensions uh, and make sure whoever you're talking to knows they need to pull a permit. That is a permit-required scope of work project. And if it is something you are looking to do yourself, uh, I think he said his was already there, like he already had it. Um, the two most important things, I guess there's three. One, I don't just flip the breaker, but flip the breaker and then disconnect the electrical to the water heater itself. On the new water heater, the pressure relief valve off the top, that needs to be soldered in. That's in case the water heater ever erupts. The hot water can then channel out safely instead of, uh, you know, spewing scalding water throughout whatever area of the home it's in. But when you get it all hooked back up, you have to fill the tank all the way up with water before you turn it back on. That's key. Or you'll burn <laughs> out the heating elements. It's called dry frying. And to do that, once you've got the water supply reattached, turn it on and open the pressure relief valve. When the water starts coming out the pressure relief valve, the tank has filled up all the way to the top. Then you can close that off. Then turn your electric back on, and it'll take a couple hours from there to get it heated up. There you go. I hope that helps, Phil. We get that question a lot. You know, I, I found floor covering for sale at 79 cents a foot. I bought enough to cover my house, my neighbor's house, my children's homes, my mother's homes, my father's home. Uh, now can I find somebody to come install it? And if you're buying that kind of material, wherever you're buying it from, sometimes they have people specifically they can refer that don't mind installing materials they're not providing. But a lot of times you run into a lot of warranty issues. If I'm going to come install something you bought, uh, I don't want you calling me when that product fails. I want you calling your distributor, your retailer, that manufacturer. And uh, for that reason, a lot of professionals will not install product they don't provide. And on our topic of recycling, you can find a number of scrap metal places around the state that will take your water heater for scrap metal. They'll you just bring it in, they give you money for it. Not a lot, but they'll give you money for it, and then they take it, break it down, and separate all the elements that can be recycled by different metals. You've got your copper, your steel, your aluminum, et cetera, whatever components. You know, they isolate it, put it in those bins, and then ship it off to you know whoever's buying those materials. So instead of just junking it into uh, the landfill, you know, take a, take a few minutes to look up a local – scrap metal yard and drop it off one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight phil had one more question just okay about um i think i dropped him i'm sorry oh, phil. Uh -oh. um he was just asking about you know the cost of insulation he, he was surprised how much they want they were charging to put the insulation in for the water heater installation so, in, in, you know, he must have said he must have said installation just yeah. for installing that makes a lot more sense. Thank yeah. you. Well, and, and again, if there are water heater insulators okay. people yeah. sell. Yeah. Yeah. Blankets. Installation. Um, uh, we are not winning any popularity contests with the estimates we're giving right now. And not very many service providers are. Um, the cost it takes to train somebody up 
to do it right um, is expensive. To retain them, you don't want to train them up right and then have your competitor steal them away. To keep them, reward them. Uh, don't just give them a job, give them a career. It takes money. Um, putting them in a truck fully equipped with all the supplies and tools so they're not having to drive back and forth to the hardware store or the plumbing supply store three or four times. They can get there. They've got everything they need, and they can install it. Um, how about the price of gas right now? Uh, we, we tell people uh, we're actually doing a couple jobs that are kind of outside our region right now. And, uh, you know, you have to take a look at that when you put the estimate together and say, okay, well, we're probably going to have, you know, an extra 120 gallons of fuel burned uh, getting this job done. Uh, so the price of installation covers the workman's comp. It covers their health care. It covers their career path, their training, all the equipment, the liability insurance. Um, like I say, and business we're, we're, is not cheap. <laughs> we're, we're not winning very many popularity contests with our quotes right now. But it, I'm I'm paying for a great, great superintendent considerably more than I was paying for a great, great superintendent just six years ago. Significantly more. But it's it, it's the market. Well, it's what you got to do. And it's. To get the job done right the first time is still cheaper than any other alternative of trying to find somebody to monkey it together and end up with a, a mess. And uh, then they're, they're not going to be there to fix the problem. Jennifer, what was this other question texting in from Max? What was that? Oh, um, Max, I was going to comment on the pricing. You know, I have people okay. call all, all week long, you know, just in shock because maybe they haven't shopped for a long time. They don't realize the, the shortages Ooh. of manpower and all that stuff and price price of running a business. But I always say, well, Rosie will tell you that your worst enemy is your memory because that's what, and they always appreciate that. You know, I remember when things cost this and then they compare that to what it is now and it's mind blowing. Oh, I, I, was, I, I was in a home three weeks ago and I said, I, I, I think y'all probably need to expect to spend about 75 to 90,000 to redo the kitchen the way you've just explained it to me. And he looked at me, and he said, "Rosie, I paid forty-seven for the house. <laughs> forget it. Just forget it. Let it go." In the words of Frozen, "Let it go." Oh man! And, uh, but I, but I empathize mm-hmm. with him. I get it. I know. Yeah, it's hard to get past that. And then this other gentleman has called several times. He's new to the valley, and we always talk okay. about how different it is to own homes here. So he has these. I'm going to write a book about his questions because he's got such good ones. Oh, okay. But he bought a home, a new home. And he just realized there's no insulation in the attic. So he's wondering what his recourse is. So I field those questions, and then I know you're going to have more questions. So what questions would I need to ask him? If I just bought a home and and I stuck my head up in the attic and I saw no insulation, I would have to ask myself, why did I forego the house inspection? Well, um, if, I for, if I did, uh, the house inspector certainly should have caught that. The second question I would ask Max is, Max, did you stick your head up in the in the attic of the garage or over the living area? There's lots of garages and carports that aren't insulated in the attic. I'd be really surprised to find living space attic not insulated, unless he bought it at in in the in the heat of the moment, 
and waived home inspections and agreed to take it as is. Uh, the good news is that's one home improvement project that tends to be extremely affordable. So I, I, I would question that that's actually the case. But um, yeah, he'll have some more questions, too, about the type of insulation and. Um, and who to use and all that stuff. So, yeah, we kind of walk everybody through all that stuff. Yeah, blown-in insulation is probably going to be the most easy and affordable yeah. for him to get something in there now. Uh, going into our low utility season uh, for the majority of the state of Arizona, if you're below about 3,000 feet elevation, you got a little time to worry about it before the heat That's really right. That's kicks right. back up. And you know what? Uh, I can tell him what not to do. No radiant barrier. <laughs> and no insulation above R38. You're wasting your money. Okay, there you go, Max. Hey, talking about green building, which just means let's not waste as much as we've in the industry gotten the use to wasting okay let's be a little bit more smart and more efficient about our materials um i had a hilarious text sent to me from a friend who's in florida and uh, got hit hard by ian his house was the only one of five on the island that stayed habitable so I said, well, it must be awful nice to go out there and stay right now. I mean, you basically got the whole island to yourself, right? He says, yeah, I do. And they've restored the road to it. Uh, only homeowners and contractors are allowed on it. But he sent me videos of this second hurricane hitting Florida. And the shoreline moved 27 feet and there are videos of swimming pools, entire swimming pools, in ground, cast concrete swimming pools, suspended in midair, not supported by one thing. Washed out. So, I mean, completely, the backyard was completely gone. The shoreline was right up to the back door of this house. So he wanted to know if I could use a swimming pool. <laughs> And that was a minimal hurricane. It was, and that was a minimal, minimal, yeah. minimal, mm -hmm. minimal. But it was an entire concrete plastered swimming pool suspended in midair. Somebody had gone under there and propped it up with some, um, <laughs> some shoring. It was hilarious. For, for if not, you know, that's got a mean to say. It was hilarious to look at. I wouldn't want to be the, the right. property owner. <laughs> so, building and remodeling. We've talked this hour a little bit about uh, being uh, smart with what you're tearing out. Much of it is reusable. If you type recycling into rosieonthehouse.com, it has a couple different articles as it relates to pools. One, uh, recycle your water instead of draining it. You know, every few years, That's right. pool contractors like to drain the water and start over with new water and new pH balance and chemicals and blah, blah, blah. Well, there's companies now that pull up with big trailers that are water filters and they clean your water and bring it back to basically drinking water quality into your pool so it is costs more than draining it and refilling it but not much not much and you know 
you're not dumping you know thousands of gallons down the drain or down the alley or 15, wherever. 15,000, 20,000 gallons flushed down the street. With the drought, they should be really busy. People should really take advantage of that. It is nice. And then if you are looking to retire your pool completely and drain it once and for all but not get rid of the pool because it is an extremely expensive project to uh, demolish your pool and pull it out of your yard correctly, you can deck it over and just retire it. The deck you know, will bring it level with the rest of the cool decking or whatever is around, and then you've got that space to use, and then you've got a pool there for future resale value if you're tr- selling it and somebody's got a young family and they're looking for a pool. You still have that as a selling point. Yes, we do have a pool. It just needs to be brought out of retirement. So mm-hmm. it's a great way to retire your pool without getting rid of it. When Jeff came up with that idea, I thought, well, it's interesting. I don't know what demand is for it, but he's really stayed very busy. He's even going out of state to do deck over jobs now. And he's getting called all yeah, over. So quite, quite the entrepreneur. Very, very innovative. Those that's decks for sure. are really nice. Too. They are. It's They're very nice. nice. And there is that storage space underneath. So, We had somebody call a couple weeks ago asking about Earthships. We do have a great article on our website from a few years ago about Earthships, and it ties into our topic today of recycling very well. Boy, does it. Um, you know, one of the things you had mentioned earlier about the bamboo being used in Philippines and a local material, you know, I give wood-framed housing, you know, it's kind of perplexing. And then you've got these bamboo, that's a local material. You know, all this wood, none of that's local. I mean, we don't have you know, you can't make a two-by-four out of creosote or out of mesquite <laughs> or out of Palo Verde. You know, it's got to come from somewhere. And we've got such great masonry quarries right here in the state of Arizona that make our own concrete, our own blocks. You know, you were talking also about that homeowner that has a slump block home from the 60s oh, that's still in great condition. You know, so sourcing local material that in and of itself should convert the construction industry away from wood frame construction back to masonry. That's a big part of responsible building and remodeling is what are you installing in this structure and how far has it had to be transported to get to you? Perfect example of that, the most beautiful countertop I ever saw was marble that came from an underwater quarry off the coast of Italy. But it was gorgeous.